Okay, Resetters, I am back with another solo episode for you all. In this episode, I really want to talk a lot about all of the questions I'm seeing that people are having after reading Fast Like a Girl. And um, the first thing to know is that when I built that book out, when, when the editor who helped me in that process and I really looked at creating all the necessary information that so many women needed, um, we thought we tried to think of every scenario I'd ever seen. But if you've been following me for a while, you, you probably know that hormones have a lot of variables. There are a lot of things that change our hormones. So I realize now that the book's been out in the world that there's some more uh, nuance to the conversation that we need to have. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to go through four different hormonal phases of a woman's life. And all those different scenarios that I see show up in these four phases that might affect how you apply different fasting lengths and different food choices to these different situations. In my book, there are four different hormonal shifts. There are our fertility years, which really is 35 and under and starts whenever you hit puberty. It starts around that time. The second is our perimenopausal years. And, you know, what's really interesting, I'm, I think I've, you've heard me probably mention this before, but these perimenopausal years are really profound and they're happening younger and younger. So I'll talk about the perimenopause years and I'll talk about the food and the fasting um, that you should be thinking about. We'll talk about the variables in the, in that time period. Like I know some of you have a cycle every two weeks and some of you have a cycle every 60 days. How do you apply what I taught in fast like a girl to that? Then the phase that I, I look at is what I call the menopausal transition. And this is the, the year you're going without a cycle. This is actually the time I'm in right now. So I have a lot of perspective on this. And um, I can tell you, this is a really interesting year, not only from a mental health standpoint, but also from how I've had to adapt my fasts and my food. So if you're in that transition year where you're not getting a period, you're going into the part where you won't have a period for a full year, and then after a full year, we can really declare you postmenopausal. That transition year has some interesting focuses and changes that I want to highlight for you. And then the, the last phase of hormonal change for a woman is the fourth one, and this is your postmenopausal years. In this time, there is, this is where you can actually move from looking at your fasting cycle from a monthly perspective. You could look at it from a weekly perspective. Um, so we'll talk about that. I'll also highlight the lunar cycle. And then the other piece that I want to do within each one of these hormonal time periods is I want to give you a focus because one of the things that I have realized in teaching the world about hormones is that there's so much information, there's so much nuance, there's our own personal journey, and it can get overwhelming. And because of that, I want to give you a target to shoot for. I've noticed just in the years that I've been in the trenches with patients that if we have a very clear target, we don't typically lose our way with our health. 
men, if you've hung in there this long into this podcast, I just wanna applaud you and say thank you because the more you understand the hormonal imbalances and changes that the women in your lives are going through, the more you can support them. And the more you can, um, we can really come together as both men and women to improve women's health. Then my, my postmenopausal women, I wanna make sure that you don't fast forward through the fertility years and the perimenopausal years. And even my women that are in your 30s, I don't want you to click out just because I'm talking about postmenopausal times. One thing that I think is really, really interesting is that we've got to come together as women and, and really help support each other in the decades that we are. So I dream of this unification of all these different time periods um, and decades where women are coming together to support each other. So please listen all the way through. That's my, that's my real plea to understand us, us all to understand each other. Hey, Dr. Mindy here and welcome to season four of the Resetter podcast. Please know that this podcast is all about empowering you to believe in yourself again. And I want you believing in your body. I want you believing in your mind. I want you believing in your spirit. If you have a passion for learning, if you're looking to be in control of your health and take your power back, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy. Hey, Resetters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the academy, and I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. And my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you. And I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled and let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there.
Okay, with that out of the way, let's jump into the fertility years. I consider the fertility years under 35. Now, I'm not saying that you become more infertile after 35, but in general, I strongly feel like in the fertility years, from the time you start your, your cycle, which it should be around 13, from about 13 to 35, you should have a regular cycle. And if you don't, that alone is a warning sign something's out of balance. Now, I realize I'm going to talk about the different birth controls, and I realize that some birth controls will actually make it so that your cycle is almost non-existent, and we'll talk about that. So there are a few scenarios where um, there is an exogenous uh, uh, impact into your system that's changing you hormonally, Um, and so we'll talk about that. But in general, from 13 to 35, I, you should have a normal 28 to about 34 day cycle. That's what the literature says is somewhere between 28 days to 34 days, you should have a, a normal cycle and what a normal cycle should look like and should feel like is that day one is the first day you bleed you that day shouldn't be like you're hemorrhaging. It shouldn't be that you're bleeding blood clots. Um, It should be that it all of a sudden you start to gently shed the uterine lining. And then now you, within a day or two, you start to get a little heavier bleed. By day three, it's probably about the heaviest it would be, um, maybe for a couple of days, day three, day four, and then it starts to taper down. It's normal to have a period, period, a cycle period, let's say it that way, of somewhere between three and seven days. That would be a normal shed time. The week before your period is not meant to be a week of suffering. So if your PMS symptoms are bad or you have been diagnosed with something like PMDD, There is an environmental reason for that. You are living a lifestyle that's out of accordance with your hormones. And that was the whole purpose of Fast Like a Girl was to teach you this lifestyle on how to work with your hormones, not against them. So when we see that there's a lot of heavy bleeding, when we see there's a lot of cramping, when we see that you're an emotional hot mess, like really, really bad the week before your period, these are all signs that you are living, your lifestyle tools may not be working for you. And there might be some modifications that need to be made. What I have noticed, if you fall in this fertility period between 13 and 35, What I have noticed over the last seven years that I've been teaching this to the world, actually it's more like 10 years now that that I've been teaching this on my YouTube channel, is that when you fast like a girl, you will sink your hormones back up and you will have an easier shed and you will have an easier premenstrual time. That is what I've noticed clinically hands down. So just follow the 30-day reset, follow follow the fasting Cycle, follow what I taught you in there. If your symptoms are uh, uh, around your period are really bad, I promise you it will sink you back up. 
Now, the other time period that I have really seen women struggle has been in the ovulation window. And I really feel for these fertility years that from about day 10, 11 to day 15, you have estrogen at her peak. You have testosterone at its peak and a little bit of progesterone. You should feel your best during this time. I want to say that again because some of you are not feeling your best during ovulation. You should feel your best during ovulation. If you are not feeling your best during ovulation, there can be several reasons why. One is let's just go right to the two organs that break down hormones. It's your liver and your gut. If you are, if your liver is overwhelmed from toxins or too many medications or maybe too much alcohol, if there's a liver congestion, or if you have a lot of gut challenges, you've been on steroids, you've been on multiple rounds of antibiotics, you've been on birth control for a lot of years, these are medications that destroy your microbiome. So you might struggle to uh, break these hormones down. So your ovulation window may be worse. So make sure you are looking at your toxic load. And this is why in Fast Like a Girl, I actually have you bring your glucose up. One of the reasons is we don't want a lot of cortisol during that time. We want a little more glucose. We want to be clean eating. This is a great time to not drink. This is a great time to um, eat more leafy green vegetables so that that ovulation window works for you. You should feel great then. So I just want to point that out because I am seeing a lot of women say, I'm struggling so much with PMDD. I'm hemorrhaging when I bleed and I'm struggling during ovulation. And the struggles in these moments mean a maladaptation of your hormones to your lifestyle. And we, I want to correct that for you. That's what Fast Like a Girl really was for you all, okay? Now, with that out of the way, if you have a normal cycle, and a normal cycle means tw a 28 to 34 days, somewhere in there, I laid out the 30-day fasting reset. That there's a beginner's version and an advanced version. And the reason that I did that is that is your door in so that if like if I was personally coaching you, this would be the first step I would create for you if you have a normal cycle. Once you've tried the 30-day fasting reset and you kind of have a rhythm with it, my next step and encouragement to you is try some longer fasts in the appropriate time. That's what the fasting cycle was. That's the chapter before the 30-day fasting reset. I map out the fasting cycle so that you now have options. We also have an app so that it's called Fast Like a Girl. You can go in there and you can look at what day of your cycle you are and it'll tell you the foods and it'll tell you the fasts that are, that are available to you based off your hormonal profile. So it will also tell you what nutrients you might want to add in during that time, which for this group of women, my target and focus for you is nutrients. And we're going to talk about this in a moment, what that means. So if you have a normal cycle, that's how you would approach this. Now, what I've heard from a lot of you and has really, really shocked me 
as fast like a girl has just moved into the world is how many 20 and 30 year olds are struggling and with fertility with PCOS and they and you don't have a period so this is of great concern and let me tell you just one thing I want to bring to everybody's attention about our menstrual cycles that shedding is like a detox you are getting toxins out of your body the most common one you're getting out is toxic estrogen so the shedding is a release of toxins it's a release of the old we've talked here on this podcast about how it's even a releasing of old patterns and old thoughts um, that can come with the shed so when we're not shedding on a regular basis those toxins are staying inside of us and that's a problem and many of the birth control methods are causing women to not have a cycle. If that is you, you've either, either lost your, your cycle for a specific reason or um, because of a birth control or you don't know why, please, what I'm going to encourage you to do is just start the 30-day fasting reset. Remember that that reset was meant to start at the day of your period. But if we don't have that marker, just start it. And you will start to see that your there will be a rhythm that your body gets into. Now, you can also make a decision to follow the lunar cycle. That, that works. I've shared that before where at the new moon, just go look at a moon map. And at the new moon, you're day one, and you should be ovulating around the full moon, which would be somewhere around day 12. So if you're under 35, we could use the moon to be able to map a cycle and then see if that sinks you back up. Um, the other th thing you can do is you can use temperature. So um, I have a lot of the women that I'm personally coaching right now who have lost their periods in their 30s, um, I have them using the Aura Ring. Um, Aura has a period tracker and it tracks it based off a of temperature. And based off the combination of the Aura Ring and even a glucose monitor, we are able to get a little bit of an of a idea of what the body's doing. For example, the week before your period, when your body wants to shed and it needs more help from progesterone, your glucose is going to naturally be higher and your deep sleep is going to naturally be lower. So if you have an aura ring you and, a, and a, a continuous glucose monitor, you could start to map your trends and see, gosh, there's a time period here where I'm not getting as much deep sleep and it doesn't seem to matter what I'm eating, my glucose is being higher, is getting higher. Okay, well, if you're a 30-year-old woman without a period, that would mean progesterone is trying to make her appearance. So you might want to mark that moment as day 20 of your cycle and just go with that. The other thing we know is temperature goes up during ovulation. So you could look at your aura ring, see your temperature go up and see, oh my gosh, there's a shift in my temperature right now. Maybe this is when I'm ovulating and mark that as your day. Like that's day 13, day 12. So we can use our some other biological signs 
to tell us where we might be in our periods. And that can help you navigate. So please, if you are um, a woman who's in her fertility years and you don't have a cycle, please be aware that you can use other measurements. And if you're completely confused, just jump into the 30-day fasting reset at, at, at day one and you will sink eventually sink back up. The fasting cycle itself and the 30-day fasting reset that I mapped out in Fast Like a Girl was built, was discovered out of my patients in my clinic that didn't have a cycle, that were struggling after getting off birth control and were trying to figure out how to sync up their cycle back up. Those two tools were what we used. So they're now available to you to be able to use them. So that's, that's the fertility years. Now, the focus for these years that I really want to emphasize, and this is going to tie into what I'm writing about in my next book, is that what I'm seeing happen to the 20 and the 30-year-olds right now is that you all have more exposure to toxins than ever before. And those toxins are not only blocking receptor sites and, and infiltrating your hypothalamus, pituitary, and pineal gland of your brain, throwing off your hormonal system, but they are depleting you of minerals and vitamins. So let me give you an interesting observation or study that I, I, I came across yesterday as I was uh, spending the day writing the new book. We know for a fact that birth control pills deplete you of very key nutrients. Here are some of them. Magnesium, you need magnesium to be able to shed the uterine lining to make progesterone. Zinc, depletes you of zinc, you need zinc to be able to make enough estrogen and testosterone so you ovulate. Uh, iodine, you need enough iodine for your thyroid hormones to work properly. 5-HTP, you need 5-HTP to be able to make a neurotransmitter called serotonin. And vitamin D, it can deplete vitamin D. And you need vitamin D to be able to do everything. To Vitamin D is the boat that carries these hormones around, but for, from a mental health perspective, vitamin D actually protects your dopamine system and helps make sure that your dopamine system works right. So if you're in your 20s and 30s, you've been on birth control pills for a, a, for a long time, you've lost your cycle, your cycle is all over the place, you're struggling to get pregnant, you're uh, dealing with PCOS, you're you know hormonally uh, hitting hurdles right now, I want your focus to be on these adding these nutrients back in because it may be that the years on birth control depleted you from a nutrition from a nutrient standpoint and you need to add these back in. The other target for my 20, my 20s and my 30 year olds I want you to focus on is your microbiome. You have a set of bacteria that break estrogen down. And if you can lean into the three P foods, if you can throw in a few more 24 hour fasts when it's appropriate, we need you focusing on microbiome repair in your 20s and 30s is going to help you when you hit your perimenopausal years. 
So I'm, I'm looking at this from two lenses for you. I'm looking at this from the lens of, I want you to hormonally be balanced in your 20s and 30s, but I'm also looking at it from the lens of, I wanna make sure that the perimenopausal years are a, a smoother ride for you. So if you've been on birth control, it's a good chance you're depleted in some of those nutrients that I just mentioned, and you're going to want to add those nutrients back in. That's my focus for fertility. Okay, now we're gonna move to perimenopause. So perimenopause years, this is after 35. So if you're 37, 38, and all of a sudden you're getting a hot flash, don't panic. That is common to more common now at, in the late 30s than ever before. There's an environmental reason for that. But at 35, what we know clinically is that your progesterone is the first hormone to start to decline. So I want to talk about that for a moment because progesterone serves many purposes for you. The first is progesterone is a precursor to GABA. It calms you. These progesterone mellows you out, GABA mellows you out. And progesterone, when you make, your body makes progesterone around day 20 and in that ovulation window, what that progesterone is doing is going into a GABA receptor site and calming you. So, but it's the first one to go. So if you're starting to notice more anxiety as you move through your 30s, that might be the first thing that you, that you become aware of before any changes in your period. I want when that anxiety hits, I want you to think that that is a day that you're going to want to lean more into your hormone feasting foods. Now, you might be asking me, well, what if I'm 37 and it's day nine of my cycle, estrogen's supposed to be building, and I'm highly anxious? Okay, well, this is where, this is going to get really nuanced, so follow me here. This is where it would be appropriate to fast. You're on day nine of your cycle. You could actually do a fast, like a 15, 16-hour fast. And then when you open your eating window up, eat hormone feasting foods, bring glucose up, go more into your sweet potatoes, into your potatoes, into the legumes, bring your glucose up and see if that helps calm you. We know that as your, that your body often needs more glucose, not just to make progesterone, but it actually needs more glucose to make a neurotransmitter called serotonin, and it needs more glucose to make GABA. So GABA will calm you. It's a neurotransmitter that will calm you. Already talked about that, but serotonin also gives you a calming state. So it might be that you need to splash in some of these hormone feasting foods at times when anxiety hits you, even if your cycle says you can go keto, it might be that it's time to be able to, to just step out one afternoon and add a few carbs in. You're going to need to play with that. And that is highly nuanced. 
and I don't want to confuse you, but I want to give you options. That's the point. The purpose of this podcast is to give you some options for those of you who are hitting some of those hurdles. Okay. So now what I also know at 35 is that progesterone is going to go down. Anxiety is going to potentially go up. And over the next 10 years, from 35 to 45, your cycles are going to change. The length of your cycle is going to change. And with that is going to come some signs of spotting. It's going to come, uh, you're going to get a cycle every two weeks, or you'll get a cycle every two months. Things really rapidly change. Sleep is going to change. Moods change. Mental clarity changes. And this is all ushered in by the loss of progesterone. So it becomes incredibly important that you are tracking your cycle. I started mapping my cycle on a Clue app when I was uh, in my early 40s for the first time in my life. So if you are not tracking your cycle now to my perimenopausal women, I want to give you an idea that it's important you start tracking. So I've teamed up with Tony Horton. Do you know Tony Horton? He was the creator of P90X, one of the most revolutionary at-home fitness programs. And we created together a new fitness program called Power Sync 60. And it is literally, this program's never been done. It is a revolutionary 60-day program for both men and women. So here's why I want you to join us is that we literally created PowerSync 60 with you in mind. So it doesn't matter if you're a cycling woman, a postmenopausal woman, or a man. One of the things I brought to Tony was that when we work out, we have to think about our hormones. And he had never done that in the millions of workouts that he's created in his lifetime. We also included a free bonus meal plan and a customized tailor way you can eat right for yourself. Also, of course, we put some fasting in there and it was a beautiful meeting of the minds. So this is like a passion project that I'm so excited to share with you. And in order to get it, all you gotta do is visit drmindy.org and use the code PS60PELS. So PS60 and then my last name, PELS, P-E-L-Z, to get 20% off. And you get lifetime access to the program. So that's drmindy.org, and you use the code PS60PELS to join all of us. I'm actually doing this myself right now. So come join me, my community, on this incredible journey. I am so proud to bring this to you. The other big overarching idea that I want you to understand is that progesterone and estrogen work in together as a team. When estrogen goes up, progesterone comes in to keep estrogen in check. So what you might notice throughout your menopausal journey or perimenopausal journey is that all of a sudden you get a big influx of estrogen and you might not have enough progesterone to be able to keep her in control. What that means is on the days where there's high estrogen 
and not enough progesterone to keep her in control, you might feel wound up. You might feel highly agitated. You might feel um, like somebody put, you know, gave you 10 cups of coffee. So you also might start to notice that your breasts are more tender or you might get more bloated. These are all a sign that your estrogen progesterone balance may be out of, you might be out of sync. If that is the case, that is a day you may again want to add in more of these hormone feasting foods to course correct so that you can bring in a little bit of progesterone um, at a time that might not make sense to bring in progesterone. It could be helpful to move you along those symptoms. The other key piece about when estrogen goes high and you don't have enough progesterone or you're not clearing estrogen enough and you're getting bloated, you're getting constipated, you've got to increase your vegetables. So we've got to make sure as we move into our 40s, like your lifestyle matters more than ever and you are not going to be able to get away with less intake of green, specifically green leafy vegetables. Try it for a week. Those of you that are perimenopausal and you're bloated or you're really struggling with some of the symptoms of perimenopause, like sleep issues, or you're spotting a lot, try just massively improving the influx of green leafy vegetables for just one week and see what happens to your symptoms. Because it might be that those green leafy vegetables are needed to feed the microbiome that breaks down estrogen because you're you're losing progesterone so you need a little more support to break estrogen down and you can support it by giving your bacteria the microbes in your gut the food it needs by supporting your liver and supporting pro, uh, your progesterone production so that was a common question that we've seen and i know that is really really nuanced now what happens if your cycle is really long. I want to address that. You're 45, you're getting your cycle every two weeks. I'm sorry, every two months. So it's 60 days. What I want you to do is you're going to go all the way through the 30-day fasting reset. When you get to day 30, I want you to just start over again. Because the goal is not to stay in the nurture phase for months that is most likely going to be a recipe to gaining weight. So what the perimenopausal woman does is she goes through the 30-day reset. The way I mapped it out, you might find some variations as you do it more. And then when you hit day 30, you go through it again. And if you are getting into these places where the hormone feasting foods are causing you to gain weight, then for my perimenopausal women and even the postmenopausal women, you can tack on some longer fasts um, so that it, you are balancing out the fat burner and sugar burner systems. So make sure you don't stay in the, the bottom line is really make sure you do not stay in the nurture phase for weeks and weeks and weeks. The nurture phase was meant to stay in a couple of days to a week. If your period doesn't show up, go back into another power phase and start the whole cycle again. 
If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm literally speaking straight from the book. So make sure you get the book so you understand that. Now, my women that are getting periods every two weeks, this might be the harder one for the perimenopausal women because if it's coming every two weeks, then you're going to start by looking at, okay, day one, you're going to do focus on ketobiotic and some of the longer fasts. And then you might need to shift five days later into a hormone feasting experience. So what I would do is I would take the fasting cycle and the 30-day fasting reset, and I would just cut it in half. So this is what it would look like. The first 10 days of your menstrual cycle, you're meant to be in a ketobiotic state, bringing glucose down, bringing insulin down, and going into the longer fast. If you have a period every two weeks, don't make that 10 days, make it five days. And then I want you to switch into the manifestation phase. The manifestation phase, you're bringing glucose up, you're doing hormone feasting foods, you're, you're, you're keeping your fast around 15 hours. So at day six, you would move into the manifestation phase and you would do that for three days. So give your, we're just sort of simulating, maybe you're ovulating during that time. Then after three days, you're gonna move back into um, another power phase for five days. So we're now at 15 days where the first five, we've gone ketobiotic longer fast, then we've taken three days and we've shift, shifted to hormone feasting, shorter fast, then we're back five more days to a, a longer, fast ketobiotic, and then we switch into the nurture phase. And you stay in that for any, until you bleed again. So that might be one day, that might be a week. Don't stay there longer than a week. So you might have to simulate a shorter cycle with the food and fasting. Again, very, very nuanced. This is a conversation. If I've just confused you, I want you to understand that this is a conversation that I have with my patients. These are the modifications that we make together. And because this is a book, because this is a, a podcast, I'm just giving you some of those modifications. Now go play with them and see how that all works for you. Um, so that's what you do if you are getting a cycle very, very quickly every couple of weeks and you're in your perimenopausal years. Now the focus for the perimenopausal women that I really encourage you to look at is you are losing estrogen, which is making you more insulin resistant. Every single menopausal symptom is going to be worse when you become insulin resistant. So I want you to focus on keeping glucose, yourself glucose and insulin sensitive. Of course, the week before your period, we want you to bring your, your glucose up, but you, in general, I wanna know for my perimenopausal women that you're able to switch in to a fat-burning ketogenic state very effortlessly, and that when you are eating foods that are higher on the glycemic index, that you're pairing those foods with protein and you're pairing them with fat so they don't end up getting these huge glucose spikes. A, a, a nice little glucose, glucose lift, phenomenal. A huge glucose spike, never a great idea. 
The other thing for my perimenopausal women that I want you to focus on is that not only are you trying to keep yourself insulin sensitive, but if you do put a glucose monitor on, I want to see that you're recovering from a meal very quickly. So I'll use myself as an example. I've got a glucose monitor on right now. Um, whenever at 53 and in this transitional year, whenever glucose goes up or whenever I eat a meal, uh, if I see glucose spike too high, like a high for me would be like 130. The other day I had a banana and it went up to like 130, 140. The first thing I'm asking myself is how quickly is it coming down? The banana, it came down within minutes. My blood sugar went right back down to a, a normal state um, or, where, or the pre-meal state. So I knew I was my insulin was doing the job it needed to do to drive glucose into the cell. So I knew that I was in good shape there. Um, now, the next time I ate a banana, what I did is I, pair, I put some nut butter on it and it lessened that spike. So for my perimenopausal women, 35 to 55, the name of the game for you is to minimize how many spikes of glucose you're getting in a day. You don't want five major spikes into the 120, 130 range throughout the day. One with a quick recovery would be fine. Two with a quick recovery may be okay. But think of it, every time your glucose comes up and drops and then it goes up and then it drops, that puts you on an emotional roller coaster that your, your hormones are already on an emotional roller coaster. So we want to avoid that. So make sure the name of the perimenopausal game is stabilizing that blood sugar. You can do that by adding in protein to every meal, adding in fat with every meal, even the week before your period. The last fun hack I like for my perimenopausal women before I move on to the next phase is go for a walk after you eat. Uh, do squats, air squats after you eat. Those are proven techniques that will help regulate blood sugar. Um, have a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. I did a YouTube video on that before you eat. Um, these are great hacks. So for my perimenopausal women, your target is insulin sensitivity. For my fertility years women, your target is nutrients. Now, for my menopausal transition women, this is the year you go without a period. Now, I want to say that what I want you to know about this transition year is what this equates to is you have the least amount of estrogen than you will you per, per, probably ever had in your entire life. Estrogen is the hormone that allows an egg to be released. Progesterone is the hormone that allows the uterine lining to shed. So since 35, progesterone has been consistently going down, but it's still been showing up because it's, you're still were getting a period. Estrogen has been all over the place. She has been high, she has been low, she's been high, she's been low. But in that menopausal transition year, now what's happening is estrogen's the lowest you've ever experienced her because no eggs are coming. So there's no need to bring estrogen in a, in a big way. So what does that mean symptom-wise for you? 
Well, hot flashes is the first one. So if you're getting a lot of night sweats, a lot of hot flashes, this is a low estrogen moment. Second is your inability to handle stress. You might find the little things in life are agitating the shit out of you. Like people, situations, like your stress tolerance may just be at an all-time low. And that's because you don't have as much estrogen. You might be noticing you can't hold on to new information as much. That's low estrogen. You might notice that you're depressed more often. That's low estrogen. You might notice that you can't put in as long of a workday. That's low estrogen. And those symptoms typically heighten and peak, I want to say peak, in this transitional year. So if you've looked at some of the studies on HRT and, and BHRT, there's a lot of conversation that says this is the year we want to look to add in diff a different, uh, some, some exogenous hormones. Now, I will tell you, I, like I said, I am in this year. I am very passionate about this year because this is the year that I'm living right now. And the ability, I am a workhorse, the first thing to know, I can put in 10, 12-hour days until this year. I noticed for the first time in my life that I could not focus, put in the long work days that I used to be able to do. So I've modified. I take a longer morning time. I shut off my day at four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm saying more to more activities. I'm really learning to protect my brain because it just can't do the same effort that it used to do. So I'm acknowledging that and I'm working with it. Um, I'm also, because I know I need more estrogen, I'm doing more fasting. Estrogen loves when you fast. So I'm going into some longer fasts and I'm noticing that, that I'm actually can use ketones and fasting as a real, really good tool to be able to, um, to get my brain back online. I, ketones for the menopausal transition year are imperative. Because without estrogen, your brain can feel fuzzy. Your brain can feel stressed. Without progesterone, you're, you can feel anxious. Well, ketones go in and they create mental clarity and they upregulate GABA. So you are clear-minded. You can hold on to information, but you are calm. So that menopausal transition year, this is where I want you to focus on more fasting. Because the longer fast, ketones become a powerful tool to help you get through this year. So if you're in that year and you don't feel like you know yourself, understand your brain is going to recalibrate. And after that year, things get better. At least that's what I've been promised by my postmenopausal um, uh, friends. This time of year of your hormonal journey is a really interesting time to look at if you haven't ventured into HRT or BHRT, this may be the time for you to venture in. I ventured in to all kinds of exogenous hormones. For the last year, I've been testing different uh, natural ones, the natural estrogens and progesterones that I am loving. Um, are the best ones out there that I've found are put out by Quicksilver. So I will say from a natural standpoint, that has been, that worked really well. It's a, they're creams. 
Um, if you're going to use the creams, the best place to put them um, is on thin skin. So the front of your neck, um, the inguinal area are great. But I got to tell you, some of my hormone expert friends like Dr. Sonia Jensen have encouraged me that the actual inner labia is really one of the best place to put these creams on um, because of the porous ability of that mucosal lining to pull the cream in and put it into action. So um, that inner labia just on the inner like lip of your vaginal area is a great spot to put some of these creams. So I did find that these creams were really helpful, but then they stopped kind of helping and I'm doing all the lifestyle stuff I'm teaching you. So then I thought, well, about this time, HRT was becoming, you know, really, really common. A lot, we're getting a new look at HRT. I talked about this on the last solo episode that I did. And so I ventured into HRT. Let me see what that looks like. Well, that almost sent me into an insane asylum. And I literally was so bitey. I was so irritable. And um, I was quick to cry. And what I realized in that is that HRT was not right for me because I didn't have enough progesterone. I actually did a blood test, had another friend who was look, helping me through that, did a blood test. My estrogen, estradiol was age appropriate. My testosterone was age appropriate, but my um, progesterone was low. So if you have gone in on HRT or even bioidenticals, and you didn't get a positive result, I wanna point out that there's a chance you just need to bring progesterone up, that it, you can't come in with estrogen when, when progesterone is low. So that's what I did. I went into a bioidentical of progesterone and I spent a couple of weeks building progesterone through that bioidentical process. And then I decided, well, let me go in with a bioidentical estrogen. And I tiptoed in, I do a troche where I can take a little bit of uh, estradiol into my system. Um, it's a combination, mostly estradiol with a little estriol, and I could I could dose it, and so that I could watch my symptoms. And I will tell you, after a month of practicing upping progesterone, playing with a little bit of this bioidenticals for um, estradiol. I am finally finding a good rhythm that is supporting better mental health for me. So know that when it comes to, to this transition year, that it's really important that your focus is your brain because your brain is recalibrating during this time. So you want to pay more attention to, A, do you need to look at bioidenticals the, in the through the lens that I just showed you. B, have you done all of the lifestyle changes I map out for you in the, in the menopause reset? I've been stronger with my lifestyle tools than ever before in my menopausal journey. I am prioritizing sleep like I've never prioritized before. I am slowing down in moments that I can better than I've ever done before, despite a very uh, rushing woman lifestyle. Because right now my brain is the most important um, organ in my body and I wanna make sure I get through this transition. So look at your lifestyle, make sure you're doing the five steps in the menopause re reset. 
make sure you're prior prioritizing sleep. If you're struggling with sleep, the menopause reset is coming out again in June and I added a, a sleep chapter. It's 20 pages long. It's literally everything I could tell you about sleep in this bonus chapter. So please go get the menopause reset and prioritize sleep. Are you getting off? Another thing I've gotten off of is I've really minimized the alcohol. Even my favorite dry farm wines, just bringing that down. I've upped my vegetables, so I'm breaking estrogen down. I've leaned into more fasting so I can clean the estrogen system up. I've, I've, when I do a progesterone building day, I make sure I'm getting at least 150 grams net carbs. I'm the principles I'm teaching you, I am doing in spades for myself during this this transition year because my brain really matters. So if you're in that year, please, please, please focus on your brain health. Please focus on your lifestyle as a healing tool. And if you need to venture into the bioidenticals or HRT, just know that everybody's path with those tools is going to look a little different. So make sure you're working with a doctor or a health coach that can guide you through that process. Okay. The last one I want to hit here are my postmenopausal women. So this is, you've gone a year without a cycle. Um, your brain has recalibrated, but perhaps you are left with menopausal weight gain. Perhaps you're left with hot flashes or cloudy thinking or depression, like a lot of the postmenopausal women in my academy have told me that they're still stuck with depression. For you, postmenopausal women, very similar to the menopausal transition, I really am emphasize longer fasts. You may really, this is the time to focus on a three day water fast, clean up your insulin sensitivity. This is the time I really want you to look at your toxic load. Make sure you're not putting toxic beauty products on you. Every moment of our hormonal journey, toxic beauty products will destroy. But now you're postmenopausal. Now you've got the hormonal cancers potentially staring you in the face. Now you have Alzheimer's and dementia staring you in the face. So your toxic load really matters more than ever when you get through those postmenopausal years. You make sure you understand um, what toxins you're putting into your body. Make sure you understand how to detox. These are things that I have taught on YouTube. We teach in my academy. We teach in our Thrive program. So if you still have symptoms, if you got to the other side of menopause and you still have symptoms, it may be a toxicity issue that needs to be handled. So make sure you're learning the, the process for that. The other thing I want my postmenopausal women to focus on, and the perimenopausal women can do this as well, is muscle building. You are going to have to fight for muscle. I can tell you as a woman who was genetically designed to build muscle, if you saw my father, the man has more muscle than he should at 86 years old, despite the fact that he doesn't work out. He's always had more muscle. I definitely took more of my dad's structural genetics. I used to be able to build muscle very, very easily. And at 53, I have to fight for muscle. I have to work really hard for muscle. So there are two ways postmenopausal women, you can build muscle. One is through more weight lifting. Now, if you don't have a gym or you don't have a weight lifting, um, uh, plan, uh, 
you can do, you know, you can do push-ups, you can do tricep dips. Uh, every Saturday morning in my Reset Academy, we do a 15-minute workout that incorporates muscle building without any tools. So you could come for that. You can join us over there. Um, I've got another really cool project that's going to come out into the world. Uh, we think around August, which is a workout plan that I coordinated with Tony Horton, the founder of P90X, that will help women of all different ages be able to hormonally balance themselves, lose weight. But my postmenopausal women, this program is going to be a 60-day program that you can use to build muscle. So stay tuned for that. But muscle building workouts are really important. Less cardio, more muscle building. That's the focus for the postmenopausal woman. The other way that you build muscle is through protein intake. So for the postmenopausal woman, you need to really focus on improving, taking in enough protein in a day. And the reason that this is important is because A, you can build muscle through dosing in 30 to 40 grams of protein at every meal. That measurement is really important. I just shared something on my Instagram stories the other day of Peter Atia, who just put out a book on longevity that is really saying, if we eat 10 grams of protein, we don't build muscle. If you eat 20 grams of protein at a sitting, you don't build muscle. You gotta get it into the 30 and 40 grams per meal, which can be hard. So you've gotta make an effort. I can tell you what I'm doing now is making sure that the first meal of every day has the protein requirements that I need, because I notice that when I do that, when I break my fast around one o'clock, two o'clock, I come in with a big protein rich meal that A, it curbs my appetite. So then I eat a smaller dinner. And if I get my protein in then, then I can just snack on protein like beef sticks and eggs. And I, I, if I'm working from home, I'll wrap up some deli meat and cheeses and I'll do it that way. So it might be that you've got to just come in with a protein heavy meal and then dose 30 grams throughout the day without any of the carbohydrates or other additions to those meals. So protein and muscle is the key. Now, last thing I want to say to my postmenopausal women, if you want to switch to a weekly variation um, for your fasting, that is fine. And here are two that I would recommend. A 511 is five days a week of intermittent fasting and ketobiotic. Choose your length of intermittent fasting. If you don't know what ketobiotic is, get the book. Um, one day a week, I want you to stretch your fast longer than you've ever gone before. Push it so you create a hormetic stress that so you repair your, your you add a little bit of um, uh, hormonal and cellular repair in. And one day a week, don't fast and make sure you're raising glucose and, and you're not doing keto so that you can um, make sure you build progesterone. On the one day a week that you stretch your fast, I recommend that meal be extremely heavy in protein, somewhere between 30 to 90 grams of protein at that one meal. So big steak would be great if that's in your food repertoire. So that's one variation. If you're really struggling with your symptoms of postmenopause, like you have a lot of hot flashes, you have a lot of of sleeping challenges, you have a lot of 
um, brain fog uh, or weight gain, you can do a 421. 421 is where four days a week you intermittent fast with ketobiotic, two days a week you stretch your fast with a protein rich meal, and one day a week you um, make sure that you step out of fasting and you help progesterone. So those are two great weekly options. Or you have the lunar cycle. You just look at the new moon. New moon would be the equivalent to day one of your period. And everything I've taught you about your period would follow starting with the new moon being on day one. So you can do the lunar cycle as well. My postmenopausal women, we are focused on muscle building and getting your muscle uh, structure to help you not only because it's the organ of longevity, but it'll keep you insulin sensitive. My menopausal transition women, you are focusing on your brain and everything we can do to support awesome brain health so that you, you weather that, that year with um, as much grace as possible and you don't kill anybody around you and you stay happy as you transition. My perimenopausal women, I want you to focus on becoming insulin sensitive. So really understand your glucose and the pairing of foods. And my, my fertility women, the women under 35, I really want you to focus on these nutrients that you might be losing because of years on birth control or antibiotics or, um, or antidepressants. In the new book, I'm going to show you there's a long list of nutrients that get depleted with these medications. So there you go. Please let me know if that answered your questions. I did not, this was not meant to confuse. So if you're confused, go back and re-listen to it. Make sure you're reading Fast Like a Girl. Um, uh, make sure you grab the menopause reset because I'm explaining it in there. The next book I is going to be the third of what I consider a trilogy for women on how to navigate these big hormonal transitions. So, but this episode was about really getting to those of you that have left me questions. And as always, if this works and you liked it and you resonated with it and you had a lot of ahas, please leave me a review on iTunes. I, I read your reviews. I read your questions. Um, and uh, please share it with another woman because culturally, society, we're, we're struggling. Um, women are really struggling because they didn't hear what you just heard because they didn't know that there was a life that they needed to live that worked with their hormones, not against their hormones. And they were walking into doctor's offices who don't understand it either. So in order for us to take back control of our health, we have to understand ourselves first. We have to map a lifestyle to that. And then we turn around and share what we're learning with everybody else because that's what we do so well as women is connect and collaborate and lift each other up. Okay, as always from the bottom of my heart, I hope this helped and I'll look forward to seeing your comments. Let me know any questions you have because that's where these solo episodes are gonna come from is from your questions. So, so greatly appreciate you all sending you a big hug. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I love bringing thoughtful discussions about all things health to you. If you enjoyed it, we'd love to know about it. So please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what your biggest takeaway is.